Welcome to the awesome pod makes you are listening to Abby. The idea behind this podcast was to talk about how certain movies and TV shows made me feel when I watched them for the very first time. A reputed filmmaker once said, "When a piece of art invokes a similar feeling amidst a large audience, it's the triumph of the filmmaker. That's the magic of cinema. I love the magic of cinema." Today I'll be talking about the 5th and season finale episode of Marvel Studios Echo. Whether Marvel creates movies or TV shows, they are all cinematic. This episode's title is Maya, written by Amy Radin, Stephen Paul Judd, Ellen Morton, and Chantel M. Wells. The episode is directed by Sydney Freeland. This too is a Kevin Feige production. Over the black screen, we hear the song "Jingle Dress" by Northern Cree. We see the shot of the lake outside Maya's house. A woodpecker's pecking can be heard in the background. It's the same redhead woodpecker we've seen in the previous episodes. A young Maya is hiding in the bushes. She aims at the bird with her slingshot and injures it. She carries that bird in a piece of cloth and brings it to her mother. I think young Maya wanted to see the healing powers of her mother so she lies. Young Maya says, "It's hurt. I found it. It fell from the tree." This reminded me of how Fisk lies to Maya about his own father's death at the beginning of the series. Maya's mom Teloa opens the cloth to look and catches Maya's lie. Maya comes clean saying she didn't mean to hurt it, she just wanted to see if she could hit it. Maya apologizes to her mom. I don't know why they didn't keep the following dialogue on Teloa's close-up. Teloa says, "You can't do that. We don't harm living things." In the old days they called this bird Biskinik. It was the Choctaw people's messenger bird who warned them when the enemies approached. Maya asks, "You can fix it, right?" Teloa heals the bird using her powers. The music crescendos and the scene cuts to the flashback of the car crash. Chula visits Grandpa Scully's shop and inquires about her old sewing machine. Grandpa Scully goes in and brings the machine out. He reveals he never put it out for sale because he knew Chula would come back for it one day. He just had to wait. In exchange, he just wants her to visit him once in a while. They look so darn cute together. At the post office, Chula bumps into a little girl and all her mail falls. Fisk arrives at the post office and rushes to Chula's aid. He lies that he's come for the powwow. He just engages with Chula in a conversation about sign language and her granddaughter. Maya stops at a Roxxon gas station. Roxxon is an evil corporation in the MCU. We've seen it in Agent Carter and the Loki series. Maya removes the sign language augmented lens and discards it in the trash. The Eagle song by Olivia Tailfeathers plays. Zane arrives at the powwow in his RV. Biscuits informs him that it's vendor parking only but Zane doesn't listen. Poor Biscuits, he's worried about Chula because she should have been here by now. The song Untie the Ribbon by Hank and Jane and Friends plays. Maya is eating at a restaurant by the Roxxon gas station. She receives a text from Biscuits checking where she is. Maya ignores it and puts the phone away. She looks outside and spots the red-haired woodpecker the bearer of terrible news. She receives a text from Biscuits again checking if she's seen Pokney or Bonnie. Pokney is the Choctaw word for grandmother. The text further says that they were supposed to be there an hour ago. 
Maya looks at the woodpecker again and leaves to search for Chula and Bonnie. She passes by a welcome to Oklahoma sign. Maya arrives at Chula's house only to find it empty. When Maya enters Chula's workshop, she sees the ghost of her mother. Taloa says, you've really been hurting, huh? Maya steps closer to her mother. Taloa heals her daughter with her powers. Maya sees a vision of all her ancestors, Chafa, Loak, Tuklo and a young Chula. The scene cuts to the inside of the car on the night of the car crash. Taloa says, you are not alone. All of us that came before are a part of you because we echo through you, Echo. Taloa heals her daughter and the scene cuts back to Chula's workshop. I didn't understand this going back and forth. I wish they had transitioned in a better way and transformed Chula's workshop into the inside of a car. Taloa says, Now it's time for the pain to go away. Maya replies, I can't, I don't know how. Taloa says, I will help you. Your ancestors will help you. You come from a long line of very special women all the way from Chafa herself. They've carried the fire. They were the protectors of their people. They fought for their family. Now it's your turn. Maya feels all she does is bring danger. She needs to leave. Taloa doesn't want her daughter to run away. She wants her to stay and fight for her family. She wants Maya to remember her gifts. We hear strategy over the shot of Loak. Cunning over the shot of Tuklo. Ferocity over the shot of Chafa. And love over the close-up of Taloa. All of these things are infused in the suit that Chula made for Maya. Every seam on the suit shows Maya is a part of them and they are a part of her. Taloa says, I love you, always. Tears roll down Maya's cheeks. Taloa's ghost disappears. I really need Taloa's healing powers to heal from my grief and make my pain go away. Maya enters the powwow in the suit that Chula made for her. It helps her blend in with the people singing and dancing. All the noise fades with just the rhythm and the heartbeat to be heard. Zane sets up his chair and cooler atop his RV. The redhead woodpecker lands on the overhead light of the warehouse that reads exhibits. Below that, it also reads Haskell County Arts and Crafts Fairgrounds Annex. Maya notices the bird and moves toward it. Henry arrives at the powwow. He checks with Biscuits over the phone if he's heard from Maya. Biscuits informs Henry about Zane and his men. Henry inquires if Biscuits has any weapons on him. Biscuits reveals he has something even better. I have no clue what that is. Maya enters the exhibit's warehouse. She pulls out her gun and the lights come on one after the other. Wilson Fisk steps into the light to reveal himself. The lights in the background come on and Maya reacts seeing Chula and Bonnie in Fisk's captivity. Fisk's men take Maya's gun away. Bonnie translates for Wilson Fisk. Fisk says, I offered you everything. How could you betray me like this? That's typical gaslighter behavior. Behaving like a victim and blaming others for their own actions. Maya replies, who betrayed who first? Exactly, he got your father killed. Now he has the audacity to talk about loyalty? For shame, sir, for shame. Outside at the powwow, Henry spots Zane in the distance sitting atop his RV. Inside the warehouse, Fisk continues to blame Maya. Fisk says, 
You brought this upon yourself. Maya replies, They've nothing to do with this. They are in my blood, in my heart. I'm a part of them and they are a part of me. That's exactly what Maya's mother told her. Maya continues, I'm their legacy, not yours. I'm so glad they included this line of dialogue here. Fisk responds, Good, now I know how much it'll hurt you when I kill the rest of your family, just like I killed your father. Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Sorry, I had to make this joke. We see flashes of all the ancestors preparing to come to Maya's aid. In the next shot, you can see them standing by her side, including her mother, Taloa. Maya signals to Bonnie, trust me. Maya extends her arms in a warrior pose with her glowing palms. Chula's palms start to glow and she fights off her captors. Bonnie's palms also glow and she also fights off her captors. Maya fights all of Fisk's men. Outside at the powwow, Biscuits drives his upgraded monster truck over the vans of Fisk's men and crushes them. This was the weapon he was talking about, his monster truck. Henry puts on a silencer on his gun and shoots at Zane before he can shoot the rocket launcher. Inside the warehouse, Fisk charges toward Maya like an angry bull. Maya not only stops him but also brings him down to his knees. Maya goes on to heal Fisk's mind. Inside Wilson Fisk's mind, he's crying like a little baby because his father is abusing his mother in the other room. The white wall crumbles a little with every blow. This is also a metaphor for the crumbling of the walls inside of Wilson Fisk's mind. Maya says, Don't listen anymore. Let go of the pain. Let go of the anger. You're my uncle. He killed your father. He's not your uncle. I understand you're trying to forgive him and heal him of his trauma, but I'm not sure if he deserves your forgiveness. Fisk yells, No, I'm not who you want me to be. Maya says, Give it to me, please. Fisk says no. Maya says please. Outside of Fisk's mind, Fisk grabs Maya's hands. Fisk says, what did you just do? What did you do, huh? What did you do? I don't think Fisk is ready to let go of his trauma and accept healing. Fisk leaves before the cops arrive. Cut to black screen. We see a young Maya with her mother Taloa to let go of the healed bird. Maya asks if she'll ever get to see the bird again. Taloa assures her that she will. Maya grabs the bird and sets it free. At night, Maya reminisces about her childhood. In the morning, Maya heads out on her bike. Chula, Biscuits, Henry and Bonnie share a meal in Chula's backyard. Maya arrives at Chula's. Maya and Chula hug, resolving their differences. Cut to a shot of a see-through fabric over which the text appears. Marvel Studios would like to extend our deep gratitude to Choctaw Nation of Oklahoma for their contribution on this series. Mid-credit scene. Fisk wants a meeting with all the remaining heads to stabilize the situation before it spirals out of control. He watches Spectrum News on the TV on his jet. The news sticker reads, NYC race for mayor, no clear frontrunner. The newscaster reveals that most voters want a fighter candidate who can understand the pain and frustration the voters are going through. They even mention the phrase bare-knuckle brawler. Nothing describes Wilson Fisk better than that. The newscaster continues, an outsider who's not afraid to take on the establishment. As Wilson Fisk fidgets, the camera slowly tracks in to make a close-up. He leans forward, contemplating. 
the end credits begin. So we're gonna see a Wilson Fisk Mayor storyline in Daredevil Reborn. Until then, you can listen to the awesome pod mix and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and Good Pods. If you like what I'm doing, you can support me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash awesome pod mix. Thanks for listening.